0: General Lee? He awoke with a start, utterly lost. What year was it? What place? He'd been dreaming of Alexandria, of dances on verandas, of rooms filled with laughter, tinkling glasses, the scent of jasmine. General Lee? It's the people, sir. The line extends back Franklin Street, almost to the edge of the city, I'm told. May I send the first of them in? It was Walker, his aide, practically the last of them at the end who wasn't little more than a boy. Not yet, Colonel. A moment more. Allow me to finish this correspondence, please. Walker saluted with his left arm, his right one gone at the elbow since Cold Harbor, turned on his heel, and pulled the door behind him. As he did so, the general picked up the letter he had been reading, brought it to his good eye, and turned to take advantage of the morning sun. Dear General Lee, it began, I beseech you yet again, sir, in the name of all that is right, all that is decent, all that is proper in the eyes of God, to free my Abraham. Permit him to return to the bosom of his family, to the children whom he loves and who love and deeply miss their father, to the wife, sir, who is haunted by dreams of his abuse, the wife who cannot sleep. The wife for whom there will be no rest, not until this unlawful imprisonment is remedied. Surely, General Lee, you, you of all people, must know how madness threatens to engulf me in my grief. Sincerely, the letter was signed, Mary Todd Lincoln. Sincerely indeed, the General thought. He had heard, of course, what was being said in those last months that he himself was mad, that grief had driven him beyond reason, that the war finally had broken even him. Well, maybe it had, and why not? The fight had seemed at first a matter of simple honor. Later he had come to think of it more as a war of if-onlys. If only the 15th Alabama could have slipped around the 20th Maine at Little Round Top." If only the English had joined the cause sooner. If only Johnston had survived Shiloh. Jackson had survived Chancellorsville. He'd lost a daughter to typhoid fever during the war, a grandson to bad intestines. If only they had survived. If only. Pure futility. It was the men under Pemberton's command at Vicksburg, reduced to a diet of rats and frogs in their last days, whom he had in mind when he ordered New York City burned and the generals who had defended it hanged. It was the boys he had left dead in the foothills of Pennsylvania in those last months, literal boys, still in knee pants, that he was thinking of when he torched Trenton and drove the federal soldiers in Philadelphia into the icy Delaware to seek the mercy of the British gunboat captains rather than face his wrath. It was Richmond, he saw, as he entered Washington City on Christmas Day. What? Only a little more than three months ago. How could it be? Richmond burned nearly to the ground, Jefferson Davis incinerated by his own hand, In truth, he had no idea what he intended to do when he rode into the White House on Traveler that day. Had Lincoln begged, had he cowered, had he so much as asked for a single ounce of mercy, the general supposed he would have left with the Union president on the point of his sword. Instead, he ordered him thrown in chains, and there Mr. Lincoln remained to this day. Richmond. It was a capital itself these days, and not just of a state, not just of a rebellious confederacy, but of a sprawling nation. The general assumed some version of the old capital's vanities would come to inhabit this new one. There was talk already of turning the charred terrain of Shokok Hill into a new national mall, bedecked with the usual statuary, with the wreck of the old capital as its centerpiece. At least, the general thought, he would not be around to suffer it.